The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thank you so much for joining us. Once again, we're closing in on the Breeders' Cup, and we brought you a man that is on the ground there in Santa Anita. He's an Eclipse Award-winning writer, a native of Louisville, Kentucky. The one, the only, Marty McGee is going to be taking us through what he has seen on the backstretch at Santa Anita, any updates that are going on with the horses that are going to be in the Breeders' Cup. Of course, Marty won his Eclipse Award in 2013 with a story on Kent DeSormo, a guy that will be riding in the Breeders' Cup. Of course, it's a two-day event. A little bit later, I'm going to give you the whole schedule and where you can go to uh, watch the Breeders' Cup. So great that Marty is going to lend his expertise to us, and uh, that'll be at the bottom of the hour. Uh, first out of the gate, it was supposed to be Ed DeRosa, but uh, sometimes life throws you curves, and it did for him. Nothing, uh, nothing bad, but uh, a situation where he is just not going to be able to get to a phone. So he passed it off to an old friend of mine, Vance Hansen. Vance was a writer for the Daily Racing Forum, and I believe Vance is now working with Ed uh, at... Uh, so we'll find out a little bit more about Vance Hansen. He was on the show oh, a couple of years ago. It's been a while, and I ran into him at the press box at Keeneland not too long ago and said, hey, got to get you back on the show. Well, turns out I'm getting him back on the show <laughs> thanks to Ed DeRosa. Anyhow, I uh, wanted to let you all know, give you a heads up, head over in a little bit to winningponies.com, and later in the week we are going to be posting our annual contest, and the awards will be announced. I believe the top prize will be a cash award, and basically we're looking at the Breeders' Cup Classic, your one, two, three picks. Give us a try, and then give us the final time of the race. That would be the tiebreaker. So uh, go to winningponies.com. We'll have all kinds of different prizes for you. I know that we'll be handing out uh, free points to get you your easy win forms. And certainly, again, Breeders' Cup Day, huge pools. That's where you can really crush the cup. And the easy win forms will help you. They helped you uh, last week, of course, uh, up at Woodbine. They had some really top races, and we had two really nice hits. Uh, $1 super uh, that paid $3,067 in the seventh race, and prior to that in the third race had a $1 super key that paid 2986 Coming to a close at Keeneland, but the easy win forms can still get you winners as it did earlier in the week. So early, it was today, as a matter of fact. <laughs> we had a $1 super box that paid $2,195. So 
Uh, Keeneland closes, Churchill opens, lots of action, pull down the easy win forms. Well, got some information, good and bad, about Kentucky Derby winners. It appears that Derby winner Menarcos has passed away. You may recall he won the 2001 Kentucky Derby. It was about five days ago. He had uh, internal discomfort. Uh, they did get him to an emergency treatment, but uh, it was uh, too late. They were hopeful for his recovery, but it, it didn't happen. So, uh, Monarcos, a boy, he turned into almost a white horse. He was the sire of 2009 champion female sprinter and form decision. 2009 Scandinavian champion, two-year-old Aces star, and a Brazilian champion, older mare, Estralo Monarcos. She was uh, bred in Kentucky by J.D. Squires, who penned a book about the event of breeding this horse and uh, went through the phasic Tipton sale for $170,000. Didn't win as a two-year-old at Keeneland, but at Churchill Downs, he ran third to eventual stakes winner Dream Run. And then as a three-year-old, he uh, was shipped to New York for the Wood Memorial, finished second to Congaree, and that set him up for a thrilling victory in the Kentucky Derby where he stopped the clock at 159.97. Now, you're going to want to remember that. Why? Because we've got a new bar bet. The bar bet was always who ran the second fastest Kentucky Derby behind none other than the great secretariat. And, of course, at that time, it was Sham who ran second to Secretariat. Well, a lot of people don't realize that Monarcos changed the record book there with his 159.97, and so it was the second fastest Kentucky Derby in history. Remember that when you're making your local bar bets. So uh, he did end up winning $1.7 million. First went to stud at Claiborne, and later he moved to Knuckles Farm near Midway, Kentucky. So while uh, Monarcos no longer with us, We've got a new guy that is with us. That's right, Horse of the Year, Charismatic, is coming back to the U.S. And guess where he's going to be spending his time? With our friend Michael Blowen at Old Friends Farm. He's now 20 years old. He's coming back to the U.S. from JBBA Shizuani Stallion Station in Japan, where he has stood since 2002. He's not going to come back to, uh, till late November, they believe, so don't be running out to old friends to try to get uh, some pictures with the Derby and Preakness winner. This uh, now makes him the third Kentucky Derby winner to uh, be repatriated from Japan by old friends. In 2014, the farm welcomed Silver Charm, who's also owned by the Lewis family, who owned Charismatic. And in the following year, they got War Emblem, and so they'll be one of the only farms in the country to be home of the three Derby champions. Of course, Michael Blowen say this is just another dream come true. Just a quick uh, recap, you know, you might want to remember that um, night back in 1999, he uh, won the Derby, won the Preakness, and who will forget the actions of Chris Antley in the Belmont Stakes where he was running very, very well, and then all of a sudden, suddenly was uh, eased up, passed by Lemon Drop Kid, and uh, Chris Antley jumped off him and cradled his leg and, and saved him for stud duty. Uh, the Daily Racing Forms, Jay Hobday, said at the time, I'll never forget this, the Triple Crown was lost, but Charismatic was saved. So again, uh, call uh, uh, old friends and find out he's going to be shipped in late November, and they'll let you know when he is going to come. So you get to see another Derby winner down there. Uh, Javier Castellano, Gets Jockey of the Week. He won the Athenia Stakes 
leading the North American Jockey Colony for earnings for the week. Also, remember, it was the big New York day, uh, and uh, he had uh, several winners on the card, um, particularly won the $150,000 Iroquois Stakes, and before that he won with Roca Rojo in the Grade 3 Athena Stakes at Belmont Park. That was Sunday, the following day. So last week, Castellano led North American Jockey Colony in total earnings, ranked second in stakes earnings, and finished in the money on 76% of his mounts. How hot is that? So uh, put him at the top because right now he leads North American Jockeys by earnings, pushing his total to $22 million. <laughs> Unbelievable. Keep him on your ticket. So, again, Keelan Closen. Churchill's going to open. Now, Churchill's going to have a couple really cool days where um, basically it's kind of the uh, the stars of tomorrow where they will be uh, having these races just for two-year-olds, and uh, some of them are going to be uh, stakes races, and they're stepping stones to the grade two uh, golden rod for, for Phillies and the Kentucky Jockey Club for guys, and that's where they're actually going to start to get points for the Kentucky Derby. And uh, so the stars of tomorrow, it started back in 2005. Great marketing idea, I think. But, you know, you, you think of some of the horses that came out of these races. Uh, you had uh, Kentucky Derby champ Super Saber, a horse of the year, Rachel Alexandra. Uh, more recent, Shackelford, who won the Belmont Creator. Uh, you've got uh, Believe You Can, Lawyer Ron Tappen, and Will Take Charge. So, uh some really good horses have come out of this, and you get a chance to see them for the first time down there in Louisville. Well, uh, according to the reports of Mare's Bread for the breeding season, it dipped just a little bit, but I found what was very interesting about these stats were the new stats that the Jackie Club put out for Mare's Covered. The stallion Uncle Mo led all stallions with 253 Mare's Bread in 2016, he was a busy boy. Hard to believe some of the other were, were uh, over the 200 mark. Into Mischief covered 218. American Pharaoh covered 208. Kittens Joy 201. And tied for fifth, three of them. Golden Sense, Farazano, and Wicked Song covering 190 mares. Of course, Kentucky traditionally leads North America in breeding activity. But I just thought that was really interesting to see the number of mares. I just had no idea. Remember back in the day, well, probably most of you don't, that they were pretty much limited to covering 40 mares. Well, not anymore. So we're going to see a slew of those uh, top bloodlines coming to us here in the next two years. Behind Kentucky, as far as mares covered, was Florida, California, and New York. Hey, you know, you can become a part of, uh, of racing. Uh, there's, a, there's a new, it's just a five-minute survey uh, that will help give input to strengthen racing. Uh, the Association of Racing Commissioners has put this out. Uh, they want your input to know which direction racing should go. And obviously, the Association of Racing Commissioners have a whole lot to say about that, but they want your input. So, I'm not going to give you the link because it's about an alphabet long, but the person that's helped me advertising this is our good friend Jenny Reese. So somebody you want to get on your Twitter account anyhow is at Trackside Jenny. She puts out great tweets 
all the time. But anyhow, Jenny's going to put a link uh, that will get you to the Association of Racing Commissioners. And it's kind of cool that they're inviting, uh, hey, you know, Joe Sixpack to come give his input as to uh, the direction in which uh, racing should be going. So, uh, again, at Trackside Jenny, if you don't have her on your Twitter account, you need to do that. Um, we're going to be talking Breeders' Cup with Vance Hansen and with Marty McGee, but before we do that, just want to give you the heads up. You want NBCSN uh, to get you a lot of the early races, and then on Saturday uh, from 8 to 9 Eastern Time on NBC. So, uh, so those will be giving you the main information sources. Of course, I'm sure our friends at Horse Racing Radio Network will be uh, updating you as well. So I uh, hope that you are online with them. Well, let's uh, take a quick look at uh, last week's result. I want to thank Jude Feld for helping us with that. Uh, as we said, the uh, the Keeneland race, the Pin Oak Valley, very, very uh, tough race. It was on a soft Keeneland course. And getting the job won was a horse who started in Europe, bred in Britain, Raced in Germany, had one start at Belmont. It was the horse I liked in here. We, there were two Grand Motion trainees. This is the one I picked. Paid nine any. Quidura is the name of the horse, so keep an eye out. Three-year-old filly. In the second spot, breaking from the far outside, Linda got the job done at 9-1 to one with Brian Hernandez in the saddle. And third was number 10, my impression. Again, that was the Pin Oak Valley View at Keeneland. That was on Friday. On Saturday, we took a look at the Lexus Raven run, and uh, even though it's a kind of a sprint race, seven furlongs, outside post, didn't hurt Lightstream, trained by Brian Lynch, the slight favorite, rallied from eighth, got up by a length and a quarter with Julian Leparu in the saddle, just missed in the test stakes last time out, deserved favoritism in the second spot was Malibu Stacy at 40 to 1. Third was the 9 Konaya at 34 to 1. Hope you keyed the favorite on top. The trifecta with the favorite paid $4,067. Then we went east to Belmont Park. Of course, it was a big day for the New York Stakes horses and Getting the top race, the Empire Classic, $300,000, was Royal Posse, a son of the very popular New York sire Posse, led by four into the stretch and held on, paying seven ninety. Second was the favorite, Governor Malibu, horse that had been dancing with the big boys, not the state bred, did end up running second. And in the third spot was Empire Dreams, a good name for that race. Okay, that's a look at last week, national news. We're going to take a little bit of a break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking Breeders' Cup and handicapping a few races with my friend, Vance Hansen. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com The home of the easy win form The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races Don't worry, let WinningPonies.com make some money for you 
If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and back with me, an old friend who I ran into at Keeneland not too long ago, and I said, Vance Hansen, i got to get you back on the show. Vance and I first met when uh, he was a, a writer and handicapper for the Daily Racing Forum. Uh, since then, he's moved over and works with uh, Ed DeRosa uh, with Brisnet and Twin Spires. Vance Hansen, welcome to Winning Ponies. Thanks for having me on, John. Good to, good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. Now, real quick, will you recap for our audience kind of how you gained entrance into the racing game? Well, I started going to the track when I was a youngster, about 10 years old with my dad. I grew up in the Twin Cities area, so I was a, grew up going to Canterbury Park, uh, came to Kentucky for college, and uh, right out of college, I uh, got a job with the racing form, as you said, as a handicapper and uh, writer uh, for some of the smaller midwestern tracks and uh in 2008 i uh, went over to brisnet.com where i was a uh, staff writer associate editor of our of the bloodstock journal and handicappers edge and uh, now we're incorporating into the uh, twinspires.com blog in in recent years so uh, having a great time writing about the horses analyzing and giving some uh, opinions on the game well, great. Well, a little bit later, I'm going to ask your opinion about the bold ruler at Belmont and the uh, Hagard Fay at Keeneland. But before we get there, just want to kind of get your read uh, on some of the races that are going to take place out at out at Santa Anita. I mean, let's face it, uh, the, the bell of the ball, though it's a boy, is California Chrome. I should say the king of the crown. How's that? I mean, from you know, I listened to uh, an interview with uh, with Art Sherman earlier in the week, and uh, he is just exuding uh, confidence, not in a cocky way, but just saying he can't believe this horse just keeps getting better and better. And then, of course, Mike Welsh is out there and looking at the workouts, and everybody just say, you know, he, he's the picture of health. He's going great. Uh, so with that said, California Chrome, I believe, has a target on his back, and on the West Coast, but let's face it, there's some interesting horses that'll be getting in the gate with them. Uh, the two that pop up for me, of course, Arrowgate, we don't know if that was just a, a freakish thing in the Travers or if that was one of Bob Baffert's uh, design plays because this horse wasn't mature enough uh, to go through the Derby Trail. And then it'll be very interesting that Aiden O'Brien 
says that he's going to be bringing found over, and she could be any kind transferring from the grass to the dirt. She's got nothing to lose. You're right. She doesn't have anything to lose, and I think Found's presence in the Classic is mostly due to the fact they really want to win the turf with Highland Real, enhance his uh, stud value. So, and, and this is not unusual for Aiden O'Brien taking a shot with uh, basically a grass horse running running on the dirt for the first time in the Classic. Uh, he's done it before. He hasn't been successful yet, but this is easily one of the more accomplished ones he's uh, attempting to win it with. Uh, Found, of course, won the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe at Longchamp, which is Europe's you know greatest wait-for-age event. Uh, two starts back, and since then has run in second in the champion stakes at Ascot. So we're dealing with a really top-class uh, mare here. But uh, as you begin your statement, uh, California Chrome has just exuded class uh, since returning from Dubai. Uh, he had a tough race in his comeback against Dortmund, but then he slammed the door shut against Dortmund and Beholder in the Pacific <laughs> Classic. Uh, awesome again was the same deal uh, in his final prep. And uh, he's, like you said, he's the picture of health. His workouts have just been jaw dropping. He won his last two races in the canter, and, and he's well deserving of, a, uh, of being odds on in this classic field. And then you mentioned Arrogate, uh, Travers winner, record-setting Travers winner, both in time and margin of victory. Uh, you don't, you just don't see any uh, performance like his uh, once in a blue moon for sure. And uh, and he also in his uh, works leading up to the Classic this week and in previous weeks, I mean, he he seriously looks like a major contender against California Chrome. Uh, and uh, this is an important race for this horse, too, because he could essentially uh, clinch the three-year-old championship uh, with an upset victory here. Well, let's uh, go from the boys to the girls to the $2 million Breeders' Cup Distaff. Uh, for the first time in her career, I believe, Songbird will be taking on her elders. But I have not seen uh, Songbird race yet, Vance. I've only seen her work out in graded stakes races. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Uh, the way that she has won with Mike Smith in the saddle is phenomenal. I don't know what she's going to do if he ever tappers with the stick. Uh, let's hope she's not one of these horses that sulks. But, hey, she's got better have her uh, you know racing plates on because Beholder seems to be turning into her old self again. Richard Mandela says that she's really starting to, to grab it in the, in, in the mornings. I know that she's... Uh, you know, uh, stubbed her toe in the last couple of races, and the horse that stubbed it, Stellar Wind, is, is going to be in that field. This makes for an amazing race, and I could even go on. You got Carolina. I'm a chatterbox forever unbridled. I mean, boy, this had to be a tough race for the odds maker to make a line on. Yeah, it's really a question of how low Songbird's final odds are going to be. Uh, you know, a lot of people are saying she's going to be even money, maybe slightly less. But I think facing the quality of mares she's facing here, I mean, we could probably more likely to see six to five, seven to five on her, which uh, I can't tell you it's a good value or not. I mean, she, like you said, she hasn't faced older fillies and mares before. This is obviously a serious step up in class for her. I mean, she's beaten her own peers quite convincingly, but this these two mares that she's facing in Beholder and Stellar Wind are really top class. They're extremely fast on fig- on figures. Uh, I'd give the slight edge maybe to Stellar Wind. I think she might get the 
the best value in the race. I mean, we could be talking five to two, three to one. Uh, her last two races against Beholder were just amazing. And I think, she, I think she's kind of taken the mantle and the baton away from Beholder, a three-time champion who's just dominated this division the last few years. And for me, going into it, I think Stella Wynn may pose the biggest threat to Songbird. All right. Well, we're talking with uh, Vance Hansen from Brisnet and Twin Spires. Well, you might go to their sites to t- take a look at uh, some of the big races we're going to have this week. Of course, week before Breeders' Cup, there aren't a whole lot. Uh, let's go to Keeneland. I know that it's right down the road from where you live, and uh, we got the uh, the Fayette Stakes uh, right now. The odds makers are giving a slight nod to Noble Bird. Yeah, and for very good reason. Uh, he's he, he former Grade One winner. He won the Stephen Foster last year, and he's run some really strong races uh, since then, including the Pimlico Special uh, back in May on the Preakness weekend. He has struggled a little bit at times this year, uh, running very poorly in the Alley Sheba, the Met Mile, and the Whitney, but he did turn things around last time uh, in the Lucas Classic at Churchill Downs. So he's well drawn on the inside. He's a horse that loves to go to the lead and just kind of take him wire to wire. So uh, he, he looks to be in a very good spot here. He's the horse to beat, obviously. There's a few other interesting horses in the field. Kasaki, uh, who breaks to his outside, right to his right, uh, Basically known as a grass horse this year, won the Arlington Million, ran a good, or won the Arlington Handicap, ran a good second in the Arlington Million. Uh, he's going back to dirt, which he tried in Argentina a few times. We was second once, but uh, you know he might just prove to be more of a grass horse than a dirt horse. But he does have decent dirt form. Uh, I think if you're going to go against Noble Bird, an interesting horse to pick might be Iron Fist, who ran a very good second to Frosted in the Pennsylvania Derby last fall. Uh, he's coming third race off the layoff here in the Fayette. He ran a very good second in the ACAC to Tom's Ready in his second start back uh, with blinkers on. And, uh, of course, he finished ahead of Run Happy that day. Uh, breaking on the far outside is another interesting horse, uh, Divining Rod. He has a win over the track in the Lexington Stakes in 2015. Uh, was out of action for over a year due to some infirmities, I assume. And he's come back with uh, a couple allowance wins at uh, parks in Philadelphia. They weren't the strongest efforts. Uh, the pace was kind of uh, short, pace was kind of uh, tepid in both races. Uh, and they weren't the best of fields, and he just got up to win by half length the first time, by a neck the second time. Uh, if he were coming into this race off some stronger efforts, I think he would have been maybe my picked-up set Noble Bird, but uh, I think Iron Fist probably has the better shot to upset Noble Bird. All right, Vance, I need to put your feet to the fire. I've only got about a minute left here in this segment. The Bold Ruler, grade three, going seven furlongs at Belmont Park. I kind of like this economic model out of the Chad Brown barn. He is so hot right now. He's winning one out of every four races. Joel Rosario will replace Irad Ortiz in the saddle. Yeah, economic model is a progressive three-year-old. He's uh, facing older horses for the first time uh, in his career on Saturday. Uh, that's not always the easiest thing to do. 
but uh, I certainly respect him in this race. Uh, Amy Flatter is coming off a third in the Phoenix. He could, he should appreciate the stretch out to seven furlongs the distance he won the Commonwealth at Keeneland at. Uh, Stallwalking dude comes off a second in the Bosberg. Uh, he's uh, not overly consistent in these kind of stakes races, however. Uh, so yeah, economic model certainly looks uh, like a like a horse that can step up and prove that he belongs at this class level. Uh, when I was looking at this race, there was uh, one horse that kind of intrigued me as a long shot, Farhan, uh, claimed a few starts back by Carlos Martin for 40000 and ran really well in the Bernard Baruch and Commonwealth turf on the grass. Uh, he does have some positive dirt form in, in, uh, from a few years ago. He adds blinkers here. I, that's one I'm definitely throwing in my exotics. Right, I did notice blinkers on, and and again, you know, you moved uh, kind of quickly to Amy's uh, flatter, and certainly uh, been well placed uh, th- this year with only six starts. But uh, you know, they say you can measure every horse's best race with a yardstick as far as distance is concerned. Three for three at the seven furlongs of the Bold Ruler. Yeah, this race should really hit him between the eyes. Uh, last time he ran at Belmont, uh, of course, he was left in the wake, as was everybody else by Frosted in the Met Mile. Uh, it was a good effort on his part, but he can certainly do a much better job against this field. All right. Well, Vance Hansen, thank you so much for your visit. It's great to hear your voice again. Say hi to Ed for me, and I hope everything worked out for him at home. Uh, and uh, I hope you have a great Breeders' Cup week. And I, I, once again, Vance Hansen, thanks for being on Winning Ponies here with us tonight. Thanks, John. I appreciate it, and good luck next weekend. Uh, as always, I'll need it. And uh, more than luck, what I need is some inside information from my friend Marty McGee. He, again, is out at Santa Anita. He's covering it for the Daily Racing Forum, so we'll be talking with the Eclipse Award winner to see what he's been seeing out there at Santa Anita getting ready for uh, the Breeders' Cup. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, a gentleman whose resume I explained at the top of the show, Eclipse Award-winning writer Marty McGee, who uh, grew up not far from the Twin Spires there in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, Paul McGee is, is his brother, and I believe Ron Ellis' brother-in-law, because i got some questions for Marty about the uh, Breeders' Cup Sprint coming up. But before we do that, with no further ado, Marty McGee, how are you doing out there on the West Coast? Hey, John, good. Actually, I'm speaking to you from Ron Ellis' house. So uh, every time they have the Breeders' Cup out here in in, uh, in Los Angeles, I stay here in Arcadia, and they literally live about 12 furlongs from the back gate. So it's really a nice gig, and I've got my own executive wing and everything else. So it, it's it's pretty sweet. Very nice, very nice. Again, we're talking with Marty McGee from the Daily Racing Forum. Well, uh, Marty, I, I know what... Uh, I have an idea what a day in the life of Marty McGee is when you're back in Kentucky. What's a day in the life of Marty McGee working for the racing form, gearing up for the world championships? i tell you what, it's so different coming out here and being on West Coast time as opposed to three hours earlier. I mean, I'm, I'm wide awake at 4.30, and I cannot get out of that habit whenever I'm out here. They had it here in... Well, I didn't come in 08, but in 09, 12, 13, and 14, it's, it's been kind of the same routine. So it, it's about ready to get dark here, John, and it's, what, 535 Pacific. And after that, it's just like uh, my eyelids get heavy, and I just start thinking about the next day. But this morning, I got I covered a lot of ground, and, and uh, you know, already here, it's, what, 10 days out from the Breeders' Cup, or, or actually, it'd be eight days out from the Breeders' Cup from the Friday. And um, we're still waiting for the Todds and the Chads and the Aiden O'Briens to, to arrive. And at that point, it'll really get hectic. But I've been, I, I can't remember it being as kind of busy as it is right now. And, and with, with horses like uh, California Chrome having worked this morning over at Los Al, like at 5.30 a.m. Pacific, and our Jay Pridman and Mike Walsh both were over there to watch him. And then uh, Arrowgate, uh, there's... A lot of buzz about him, and of course, the Songbird worked this morning for the Distaff, and I think those are the two biggest storylines, both the Classic and the Distaff, uh, deservedly so. You've got California Chrome, is he the, you know, he's the Pro Tem champion, he's the unanimous number one in the NTRE poll, in which we all vote every week and has been for, for months. Um, he's taking on the new Flash, the three-year-old for Trainbound the great Bob Baffert in Arrowgate, and that's really a kind of a race within the race in the Classic. And then the day before, of course, you've got Songbird, the three-year-old filly, taking on Beholder and Stellar Wind, and it looks like Carolina's going to run, too, and I'm a chatterboxing forever on battle. So that's a, obviously that's a terrific race and, and one of many, many good races that we've got coming up here on the weekend of November 4th and 5th at Santa Anita. Well, you know, your uh, compatriot there, uh, Mike Welsh, does an excellent job in, in covering the workouts. And when I pulled up the racing form today, they said uh, 
some of the uh, trainers were kind of going to plan B. I understand there are some storms on the horizon, so a few guys moved their works up. Yeah, uh, California Chrome was supposed to work on Saturday, uh, but I understand that there's a, a number of horses who are still going to work on Saturday. You know, the rain gets kind of... You think about the rain like they're having in New York tonight, I saw on the news, and how it can rain in Kentucky. It, it's really... It's not supposed to rain that hard, as I understand it. Now, maybe it will. It's been my experience here in October that this is really a dry month. As a matter of fact, there a number of times out here they're, they're battling the fires as opposed to the, to the water. But uh, whatever it is, John, it's supposed to be uh, short-lived. They're talking about it raining tomorrow here. That would be Friday. Um, and that's why some of those guys, I would expect there wouldn't be much in the terms in, in the way of workouts on on Friday morning, but Saturday, I know at least a couple of horses that I'm involved with. Run Happy's supposed to work very early, and then uh, Kenny McTeague's supposed to work. Daddy's a little darling for the, uh, I'm now writing about the Juvenile Phillies. I've got two races, the Juvenile Phillies and the Philly Mare Sprint. So um, I, I would expect we'll see a number of workouts uh, Saturday and Sunday, especially if the rain goes away, as I believe it's supposed to. All right, well, let's see, Marty. Let me, I'm uh, scrolling on my, uh, okay, here, here's what I want to know. Since you are currently at the palatial estate of, of Ron Ellis, reading the national news, it seems like uh, a lot of people are saying uh, Lord Nelson uh, apparently uh, should uh, be one of the horses you want to key in on your Breeders' Cup tickets there. But uh, I did notice that, uh in the daily racing form, again, these aren't the official odds, but early morning odds, uh, Mike Watchmaker, 5-2. to two. Masochistic was freakish and very fast in both of his starts this year and comes into this assignment suitably fresh. What can you tell me with a little inside information here from Ron Ellis? Well, a lot of times in the sprints, uh, you have a big field like last year at Keeneland, I'm pretty sure we had 13 or 14. Masochistic happened to be in that race. He was something like 15 to 1. I don't have his PT in front of me. He ran horrible, but I think it was a little bit compromised by, by a minor uh, physical setback uh, prior to that. But anyway, Samantha Siegel, Ron, and my brother Paul's longtime client bought into Masochistic uh, about a year and a half ago, I think it was, uh, with, a, uh, with another fellow who owned him originally. And they have been so over the moon with him, as have many observers. And a lot of people think that there's going to be a core of three favorites, Masochistic, Lord Nelson, and then the uh, undefeated this year, uh, Horse on the East Coast, AP Indian. Those will be the three favorites in a field of nine. And there's only nine probably because those three look so so good. But uh, I do think Masochistic will be favored. Um, they had thought about running him in the Santa Anita Sprint Championship, in which, of course, Lord Nelson won very easily at, like, 1-5 to five or whatever. And um, they just think that this is the best way to approach it. You know, given it, if there's ever, like, a doubt, Ryan tends to lean conservative and, and not run as much as some of the other trainers might. So... They are very happy with him. Uh, I think he's going to work one more time this coming weekend. And uh, Mike Smith rides him, and, and they're just all systems go. And i I got to say, John, um, I'm probably going to be leaning real heavily on him and my multis and, uh, you know, let the chips fall where they may. So I, I think this horse is going to run a freaky race. 
Right. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting because I was seeing so many people uh, uh, tout uh, Lord Nelson that uh, Mike Watchmaker, uh, again, working for the racing form, made him 5-2 to two over Lord Nelson. And again, can't take anything away from AP Indian. If you don't win any, if you don't lose any races, it's hard to throw you off the ticket. Oh, I mean, he was awesome at Keenan. He's been awesome at what he won the Bossburg and uh, and or he didn't win the Bossburg, but he won the because um, he scratched from that. But he won the back-to-back Grade Ones at Saratoga over the summer. So I mean, what else do you want from him? And um, you know, Joe Bravo. I had a chance to talk to him before the Phoenix at, at Keenan. He said nothing but good things about him, especially the way the horse really relaxes for him and then goes when he needs him to. So, um, you know, again, I think there's there's three favorites in there. Lord, Lord Nelson, AP Indian, and, and then Ryan Schwartz, uh, Patrick Kiffin. Yeah, I know it's already been announced that uh, Lord Nelson will be retiring to stud. Of course, he's got uh, one heck of a pedigree, and he's recorded some uh, excellent times. So this is his last race. He'll be going back to uh, Spendthrift Farm. Uh, we're talking with Marty McGee, Eclipse Award-winning writer from the Daily Racing Forum, who's out at Santa Anita uh, covering uh, the Breeders' Cup. I think what we're going to do is take a quick little break here on Winning Ponies, and we come back. There's a couple other races I want to hit them between the eyes on. Marty's one hell of a handicapper. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. And for this final segment, once again, I'm blessed to have the Eclipse Award-winning writer, Marty McGee with us. Uh, this guy's seen the sport from all angles. He's got brother-in-laws and brothers that are uh, grade one trainers, and he's out there with the Daily Racing Forum crew. Uh, I know there's just way too many races for any one person to cover, so they assign uh, the different writers to different races. Uh, one of the ones that Marty has is the uh, Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Sprint. Am I correct about that, Marty? Yeah, I've been covering this for 
what, six weeks or so now, so I've really got a, a pretty good handle on it, John. Uh, and as you and I were talking off the air, the, the, the key to this, and it's something I wrote about that's in the Friday Forum, I believe, uh, is what is Carolina going to do? Because if she runs in the filling their sprint, she's absolutely going to be a favorite. I think in the two-to-one range, if not lower. Her, her buyer speed figures and just her overall class and, and her record just pretty much demands that. So, But uh, she's supposed to work on Saturday, after which uh, I believe a, a final decision will be announced. Uh, from all indications I've got is that Carolina and Todd Fletcher, uh, it looks like she's going to go ahead and run against Songbird and Beholder at all in the distaff. She'd probably be fourth choice in that race. I'd guess she'd be somewhere between six and eight to one. Um, but it's for two million. And, and as my colleague Dave Grenning told me, as I, I asked him a few days ago, I said, what's your gut feeling on what Todd's going to do with Carolina? And he said, no guts, no glory. So I think that the Eclipse Thoroughbred Partners really would love to, to go ahead and, and topple the apple cart with the Songbird and all that and uh, run her against those big mares. So, and I wouldn't be surprised if she won. Now, having said that, the following day on Saturday, that renders the filling mare sprint way wide open. We had 17 pre-entries. We've already had one uh, bow out that's living the life. Um, she would have been one of the long shots, but uh, she's been retired now with a real minor injury. Um, but if you look up and down, John, it's really way wide open. Like I said, I think Karina Mia might be the favorite. It might be that uh, the New York Red Mayor, had you gone away, trained by Tom Morley, she might be the favorite. Um, and there's just a lot to choose from in this race, uh, top to bottom. Wow, that, that's too bad for your big ticket if Carolina decides to take on the big girls. I'll tell you, I guess I don't have guts because – you know, with the horses that she's going to have to go against in the other event, I, yeah, I've got nothing wrong with winning six hundred thousand dollars, going for a million dollars versus two million. But uh, you know, it's not my it's not my call to make. Now, let's see. You've got uh, one of the uh, one of the the juvenile races too, Marty. Which one's that? It's the juvenile fillies. I just took this one over from my colleague Jim Dunleavy, but I've really kind of done my homework on it. Um, Mike Watchmaker, I believe, has listed. A silly by the name of Union Strike, who won the Delmar Debutante back in uh, early September for it was for it's for Mick Ruiz Senior, and there's really kind of a uh, kind of a unusual tale behind that. His daughter, she's 26, Shelby Ruiz, just started training. She won the Delmar Debutante with Union Strike, but um, her dad relieved her of her duties, and now Craig Delossi will be the trainer of record for Union Strike. She skipped the interim prep, which would have been the chandelier out here, because she had some sh- some sore shins. And uh, I had a pretty lengthy talk with Mickery Sr., the owner, this morning, and I just came away with the feeling that she's not going to win. I mean, she might be 5-1 to one or so, and I think that one of the Baffert Phillies, either American Gal, who ran here a couple of weekends ago, um, or noted and quoted uh, that they'll have a real good chance, and then you got a bunch of horses coming in from elsewhere. Uh, Yellow Agate, winner of the Frisette for Clement. Um, you got Dancing Rags, one of the great one Alcibiades, uh, coming in for uh, Grand Motion. And, you know, just like so many of these other British Cup races, John, this is way wide open. I think we've got about a total of 13 uh, 
on the pre-entry list, and a couple might defect to another race, especially new money hunting for Chad Brown. She's supposed to go to Juvenile Police Turf, but otherwise I think the race pretty much holds together, and uh, it should be one of those competitive betting races. That is the Juvenile Phillies, and I believe that's our leadoff race on the uh, Saturday card. Well, this will be my long shot play of the day. There's a horse I'm in love with by the name of Sweet Loretta. Really has pretty much done nothing wrong, and I was very impressed with her uh, performances uh, up east. Yeah, she dead-heated, as we remember, with uh, the Cassie Philly Pretty City Dancer and what was just a terrific race on, on closing weekend of uh, Saratoga meet. Todd was one of those who, you know, Sometimes these guys get a final prep into them, and sometimes they don't. And Ty was on record from the get-go. He was just going to train her into this. So, you know, I imagine she's going to be 8-1 to one or so, something like that, John. And uh, it's a guy named Todd Pletcher training, so you know that she's live. A- absolutely. And, by the way, uh, you mentioned the chandelier. Uh, if you're wondering where Drayden Van Dyke is going to be on Saturday, he'll be riding a horse that came out of the chandelier at Mahoning Valley uh, in the best of Ohio. <laughs> you know that the wow. Ohio breads are getting better. <laughs> I had no uh, idea. You know, Drayden, Drayden came to Kingman last weekend and won the, uh, won the uh, Dowager. So he's, uh, he's doing quite a bit of traveling from here in his uh, Southern California base. Well, I'm, I, you know, I hope he hope he has fun getting a hotel room in Youngstown. It's a big week there for uh, for for the Buckeye breads for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Marty, let's uh, let's go back to the kind of the uh, the eight hundred pound gorilla in the Breeders' Cup Classic, and that's found. I mean, is it a hundred percent sure she's going to show up? And if she does, you know, as I said uh, to Vance Hansen, what has she got to lose? Well, she's also cross-centered, I believe, in the turf. Is she not? I've got my entries here. Um, yeah, and no, what, what was it? Yeah, the turf. And so that's a race, of course, she defeated males in last year. Now, it's my understanding she is 98% sure going in the classic. You know, another one of these cases of no guts, no glory. So they're going to try and take on uh, California Chrome and Arrowgate. You know, it's not inconceivable, John that a really wicked pace could develop between Arrowgate, who, as we know, led all the way in the Travers, and California Chrome, who's a pretty much a, become a habitual front runner. So, you know, you can't, it's not that difficult to envision them hooking up into the first turn and going ding-dong, ding-dong, and then a mare like Found or some of these other real nice horses uh, having the table set for them. So... You know, this race is going to take a lot of analysis. I don't know what they are saying about Found's uh, perceived ability to run on the dirt. I I would assume that they think she's equally or or nearly as capable um, of running well on the dirt as she is on the the turf. We all know she's got, I mean, how accomplished is she? She won the Arte Triomphe earlier this month, and, and she's mm-hmm. already a Breeders' Cup turf winner. So, man, uh, what an interesting element she does add to the Classic. Yeah, but horses aren't machines, and you'd be asking her to make her third start in a major race in the last five weeks on a surface she's not familiar with. If she wins this race, she ought to be crowned Super Horse of the Decade. I would I would totally concur with that. <laughs> well, uh, 
Marty, uh, I know you're a guy that's not shy about going to the betting window. Um, from what you've seen, uh, both on paper or perhaps with your eyes in the morning works, are there some sleepers out there in any of these races that we should be aware of? Well, they always are. You know, last year when we had the Breeders' Cup at Cambridge on, it was such an aberration in that it, it was very, it was very formful. I mean, you had the American Pharaohs and and all these other chalks coming home. Uh, you know, horses like Catch a Glimpse and uh, Captain paid what eleven dollars, and that was about the the cap on it. I think Sound might have paid twelve dollars, something like that. But it was, but invariably, it seems like out here at Santa Anita, you have a Caraconti who comes in at $60-something. I've got a filly named Finest City, who I did a little story on this morning. It should be in the, I believe it'll be in the Saturday form. Uh, trained by a guy named Ian Cruelljack. He's 28 years old. He's battling the likes of Bill Martin, Bob Baffert, and Chad Brown in the Chilling Mare Sprint. But I'm going to... I think I might pick this horse on top. If not, I'm going to have her in my top three. Her name's Finest City. She's going turf to dirt. They've had their uh, eyes on the cylinder strength for months now. And her trainer, Ian Krilljack, is running. He, he's won a total of three races in his career. And um, when I asked him about taking on those heavy head trainers, he goes, look, she's running, not me. So I, I just think this is one of those great stories. You know, in, it seems like every year we have one of these terrific human interest stories that pop up, and Ian Krulljack is who I'm tapping for that. <laughs> That's great. Well, listen, they tell me i got about a minute left. Uh, just real quick, uh, Marty, uh, uh, run happy. Big question mark? He is. You know, he, like I said, he's supposed to work real early Saturday morning. Um, I'm, I'm going to be against, you know, a lot of these races that come down to your four against, I'm against, I just think they're asking him to do the wrong thing. They want to make the race in January, the, uh, the new $12 million race in which they bought a, a, a spot for him. But I, I just have to think that he's kind of in the wrong slot right now. And, uh, I'm very skeptical of his chances, especially the way he ran at Church of Downs with no excuse. So, uh, you know, yeah, and a good decision, I think, by Baffert, uh, perhaps to staying away from the mile and a quarter. And uh, Dortmund, without uh, Chrome in a race, it's going to be awful dangerous. I totally agree. All right. Well, I've had a great time, and I greatly appreciate the time that uh, Marty McGee from the Daily Racing Forum uh, has spent with us. Hey, listen, I hope you get a chance to have some fun out there with uh, Ron Ellis and some of the family when when all is said and done. Uh, you, no big rush to get back to Louisville. I'm staying here for uh, the day after uh, the Breeders' Cup November 6th. I think my sister Amy and I are going to the Rams game, and then I'm flying home on uh, Monday the 7th, and then on November Excuse me, John. On November 8th, I'm going to go vote for I don't know who. It's not a very good. <laughs> I, I, let's, let's I don't blame you. Right, right, right in anybody. <laughs> voting for, for somebody for president. How's that? <laughs> I love it. Thanks a million, Marty, for being on Winning Ponies. Greatly appreciate it. I want to thank Vance Hansen for pinch hinting for Ed DeRosa. And I want to remind everybody we are going to have our Breeders' Cup Classic contest on winningponies.com. Make sure you go online and make sure you vote. It's free and we got prizes for you. Want to thank everybody involved with the show, including our producer, Matt, who helps me so much. And that's it, folks. Tune in next week. Remember, when you go to the races, Bet with your head, not over it.
Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.